This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 38 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and I'm joined by Gary as ever and Gary's got someone with him this week. Charlie the dog. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, yes, we've got a guest live in the studio, uh, otherwise known as My Kitchen Table. Um, we've got Roy with us. Roy, how are you doing? Yeah, very good, very good. Uh, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I... Um, crikey, where do I start? 1983 is where I start with Lincoln City. Chesterfield at home. George Shipley, double. Um, and yeah, I was hooked ever since, really. Um, I um, Properly got uh, properly got into it in the conference winning season. I think that was just the first season where I followed them, where they, um, you know, where they did really well, and um, sort of lost track a little bit in the nineties. Moved to Cambridge, was an exiled supporter for sort of twenty five years. Picked mm. it up again around about the Keith years, and um, and yeah, now home and away most weeks. So. Long suffering fan. Uh, to yeah. those of you who want to give Roy a follow, he is Kane Zim. Camim. 83. 83 on Twitter. He uses 83 for people think it's his age uh, <laughs> when it's the time he started supporting. So, yeah, that's who we've got in the studio, Ben. Fair enough. I, I do. Uh... I do love. I, I almost said, "Oh, you're one of those plastic fans that starts supporting during the glory years and disappears and then comes back." But I thought better of it. Um, well, yeah. the '90s were a bit of a balanced spell. It was career <laughs> time. I had children, but I still didn't miss a season. I still, you know, six to eight games a season, but not the amount of games that I now go to. I moved back to Lincoln in 2017. So um, fair enough. Home and away, pretty much ever since. Good stuff. Well, um, what we'll do, we'll, we'll start off this week, as we always do. Uh, we'll look back at the Newport game, which um, Gary couldn't, or you, you couldn't quite make it over there. Um, but I think myself and Roy, we, we did go. Um, I mean, I think uh, sort of friend of the pod, Jack uh, Mulhall, was actually on Radio Lincolnshire after the fact, and he was 
I think it's fair to say Jack had had a few at that point. Um, Rob asked him, you know, what did you make of it? How, how did you see the game? And he just kind of replied with, well, who cares, really? And I think that that sort of summed up a lot of my reaction as well, to be honest. It was, it was one of those sort of, it was a, a non-game in a way, wasn't it? Um, it sort of, you know, we, we lost the game, but it didn't feel like a loss. It just sort of felt, well, we're seeing the season out, really, didn't it? It did feel a bit like that. Uh, I thought Newport gave us a, a good welcome and mm-hmm. uh, very hospitable. Um, I thought we played well, to be fair, but yeah. we just didn't take our chances. They scored an early goal. We sort of dominated, particularly the first half, uh, just couldn't put the ball in the net. But mm-hmm. watching it, it is weird to watch a game where there's nothing riding on it, really. And it was yeah, a strange experience, not that I've... Uh, not that I've had very often watching Lincoln, but yeah, like yeah, you say, who really cares? It, yeah, I mean, it was one of those where we had like, I think if there was something to the point where, you know, I know Danny's always wanting to get as many points as he can on the board, but it, it was maybe if there was a chance to, I don't know, reach 100 points or something like that, then there might have been something like, like say, riding on the game or or maybe have a bit more of an edge to it. But the, it, it was just kind of a, a game of football that, like I say, neither team really played badly. I thought it was just one of those where we didn't put the chances away that we needed to. Um, and Yeah, I think yeah. Newport are a good side. I think it was always going to be a difficult trip. I was pleased that we didn't have to go down there and get anything, to be honest with you. They're, they're yeah. really good defensively. Mm. And I just felt that if there was, maybe since we've clinched promotion, clinched the championship, maybe the players have just not wanting to, but maybe they've just dropped 5%. I think we're carrying a few injuries as well. Uh, mm. The squad's a small squad. They look, some of the players look a bit leggy. And I think when there's so little between the two teams, if if we have dropped a little bit, then that's that's going to make a difference. And that's how I sort of saw the game. I think if, if we'd have needed to get something there to clinch promotion or to clinch the championship, I think we probably would have done. Yeah, I think it would have been a, an entirely different game had we had we needed to get the result. But um, th- there was something that uh, that Danny said before the uh, before the podcast uh, before the podcast sorry before the game. I'm thinking about the bloody pod um, before the game where he said that the there were some EFL rules about how many changes he was able to make. Um, Gary, do you know what that was all about? Because as far as I was concerned, he was entitled to make as many changes as he needed to. Yeah, I, I don't know if he was maybe referring to the homegrown player rule. Um, mm. I did see something today on Lincolnshire Echo, which I've, I've stopped reading after they wouldn't promote the blogging awards. Um, but there was something, a, a headline on there that, that said um, why they'd had six people on the bench. I don't know if maybe there is an EFL rule that prevents him playing a completely weakened side once the promotion's tied up or not. It would make sense, I suppose. Um, mm. But look, Danny wouldn't do that, and that's the honest truth. He, he might go and you know, he might want to give Jordan Roberts a run out. He might want to do uh, a few bits, but there's ways around it. If he really wanted to, the physio signs Bruno Andrade off with sniffles. Do you know what I mean? He, do, he doesn't have to. You know, he might not make wholesale changes. It's not in Danny's makeup. It really isn't. I don't think um, if he'd been allowed to play his entire reserve team, he would have done. Um, similarly, I don't actually think we lost the game, particularly because we took our foot off the gas. Um, I agree that psychologically the players probably lose 10%, as Roy said, without realising it. Uh, but make no mistake, Newport County are going to be in the playoffs. And 
of all of the teams in the playoffs at the moment. They're the one team no one wants to face. Nobody wants to face the guys that sneak in in seventh place on a winning run. And case point is is 2007, us and Bristol Rovers. You know, we had been the Mansfield or the MK Dons, top three or four all season long and then begun to tail off. Bristol Rovers, they were the Newport County. You know, always a difficult place to go, long way down, opposite side of, well, it's another country, but, you know, opposite <laughs> side of the, the island, so to speak. Um, wouldn't surprise me if we don't play them next year in League One, Ben. Mm. Yeah, I, I've got to say it was, uh, the, well, as as Roy said at the start, you know, um, credit to, to Newport in terms of their, their reception and everything. Um we had uh, we had a good conversation with a couple of their fans after the game as well, and it was uh, it was really nice actually that you know they were a lot of them were wishing as well in in uh, in League One, and it was just kind of a, a fairly pleasant atmosphere to come away from um, despite losing the game. But um, obviously they got the result they needed last night, and I'm pretty sure yeah they are well barring a catastrophe i think they're in the driving seat for the uh, final playoff spot so it's interesting um, isn't it all this goodwill you know newport gave us a great reception tranmere what great fans they were it's easy to show goodwill when you've already won the league title isn't it i wonder if yeah. it would have been quite as welcoming if uh, if we had been in seventh and they'd been in eighth or i wonder if we'd been quite as complimentary and i said it on the pod last week about tranmere's approach and tranmere's um, overall play you know, if that nil-nil draw had still meant something. Because I still say that Tranmere weren't weren't the best side we'd seen at Central Bank, contrary to what a lot of people said. You get those positive mm. endorphins pumping round and we'll say anything, <laughs> won't we? Yeah. No, that, that's fair. And I, I think... Um... Well, to be honest, it, I wonder if there was any uh, if, if there was any conversation to be had after the game whether we would have actually had the conversation had we needed to win and we didn't. You know, it was uh, I think it was a case of everybody was in a fairly decent mood at the end of it. So. Um... It was like a game yeah. of chess, then, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, Gary. It was like a game of chess. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, for, those like you that for those I of you that for those of you that haven't it, seen it, yeah. Uh, for those of you that haven't seen it, there was a, a photo that foolishly I sent to Gary, and I thought, shit, I shouldn't send that to Gary because it's probably going to end up on Twitter anyway. So uh, I took it into my own hands and uh, put a photo out on Twitter of me as a mascot on the uh, the final day of the season against Rochdale in nineteen ninety seven. Um, yeah. Look at it this way: your parents loved you more than me because I never got to be a mascot. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it... I mean your, your parents loved me more than my parents <laughs> did. Not you know. The... <laughs> I know my dad was a pretty big fan of Poacher. Was, uh... <laughs> Who wasn't then? Who wasn't? <laughs> um, so yeah. Um... We'll we'll move on from from the Newport game. I mean, it was it it, it was what it was. Uh, we didn't we just didn't take the chances that we had. And I think uh, I, I will say it was nice to see Josh Vickers back in goal. And uh, I thought he made a couple of fantastic saves, particularly one in the second half when it looked like he was wrong footed and he still managed to get over to his left hand side to to keep a, a, a drive out, which was um, yeah, really good save and uh, nice to see him back and great travelling support as well. I think seven hundred and 700 and something went over um and it was uh, it was a really nice day apart from getting slightly pissed on in the second half um which was yeah take the word on out and you've described my dad's experience <laughs> I saw your dad yeah he did look a bit worse for wear everyone <laughs> everyone saw my dad they were all putting pictures on facebook look at here i am with my mate pete yeah, <laughs> yeah i saw your dad as well i didn't i didn't get a chance to speak to him but uh, yeah it was uh, it was quite funny <laughs> Um, so yes, we'll move on to uh, the contract renewals. 
obviously, uh, we did say we were going to try and get a podcast out last Friday in addition to the training ground one, but unfortunately, uh, things kind of got in the way and we did a lot of, yeah, Thursday was a busy evening for us all, so we, we couldn't actually get that done. Um, but the, the biggest surprise of, of last week uh, was the news that Jason Shackle has renewed his contract for a year. Now, um, I, I'll sort of, I'll hand over to you two for, for, for this one. Um, it was, I was surprised and elated really that he'd, he'd sign a new contract. Um, I know we'd spoken Gary about, uh, the possibility that he might be going to America. And according to Danny, that was definitely an option in January. Um, but they managed to convince him to, uh, to, in his own words, stay in sunny Lincoln. So, um, so it was an option in uh, January. So exclusively mentioned, I think, on the pod. Everyone said that it was pure speculation. Um, hmm. I think we spoke about it, first of all, on the podcast. Um, hmm. Massive, massive signing. Um, if you read my interview with Michael Boswick yesterday, you all find the Bozzy, not Bozzy, he doesn't do interviews, does he? <laughs> he eats pears. Um, with Matt Reed yesterday, uh, Reed basically said, Jason Shackle, player of the year, influence off the pitch and on the pitch. Um, it's a big shout. You know, I think there's several players who are in line for player of the year. I'm not going to say Michael O'Connor anymore because I'm scared of him. Um, but it'll be, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Shaxx has been phenomenal for us. I thought he would go. I didn't think he would go to America um, because I'd, I'd heard that, that, you know, it had come and gone. But I, I'd also heard that he was going off on a coaching assistant manager somewhere um, that he came here to learn from the, uh, the Cowleys. I also thought at 35, maybe legs gone. Um, they haven't, but you know, he's looking, he's won a title. Does he want to go out on a high? But we've got him next year, Roy. Yeah, brilliant news. Um, just shows how the club has changed. That uh, Players now want to stay. And, you know, we all know there were times when decent players couldn't wait to get out of the door. And, you know, to have a player of that quality at the back. When you watch him play, the way he organises... He always seems to have time. He never seems to be rushed. You know, it's a sign of a quality player. And no doubt he's had a, a big impact off the pitch as well. Uh, and I think the partnership with Boswick is just a brilliant partnership. You've got Boswick who's, you know, 100% into every tackle and heads everything. And then you've got Shackle sort of cleaning up and, and, and organising sort of around him. It's uh, It's been, you know, the bedrock of the success this year. And it'll be great to see him back out there next year in League One. Where does it leave Bolger though, Ben? Um, I think it leaves Bolger as kind of an important player still, but obviously not, uh, maybe not first first choice all the time, unless potentially Bozzy's sort of earmarked for a, a potential move sort of into the uh, into midfield a little bit more next season. No, no chance. I don't know. I don't know. It's. Uh, I would strongly suspect that I think we've you've said it before that I, I doubt that there would have been um, anything when Kim Bolger signed for us that said, "Oh well, you know, you you might be on the bench, you know, you might be on the bench next season, or you might be on the bench if we do go up," kind of thing. So I don't know. I think um, it'll be interesting to see how Danny handles it. Um, unless, of course, he goes down the key through and plays three full back, uh, three centre backs, and two, two wing backs, two in midfield, and three up front. I don't know. Um, You're laughing at that, but remember at Northampton, that's how we started the season. We started mm. the season with a it was a three five two, wasn't it? With uh, yeah, Wilson was Wilson played as well, yeah. didn't he? And I, I mm. think that was the plan this season. And 
I wouldn't be surprised because League One is going to be very different. We're not going to be able to be quite as adventurous, um, which spells problems. No, I can't. I've got to be careful what I say. Uh, but I think Tom Pett might find his games tougher to come by because I think we're going to be more defence-minded. It's going to be when we first came out of the National League. It was uh, Bozzi and, and Alex Woodyard holding the midfield, two holding midfielders in front of the back four, so six defensive mm. players. And I think when we're going away to the likes of Sunderland, uh, Charlton, Portsmouth, whoever, you know, one of those or two of those are not going to go up. So we're going to play two of those. You're going to want to be defensive and you're going to want to be tight and compact. Um, You know, this year we've had to go out and win games because we've tried to win the league. Uh, So it's going to be incredibly interesting. And maybe if we are playing two holding midfielders, um, that will prove me wrong with O'Connor because obviously he's... He's a classic holding midfield player. Um, I can't see Boswick going into midfield. I don't think it worked against Berry. Um, mm. No, I think Boswick's had such a great season at centre half, and I think it, I think he'll stay there. But I think you're right. I think when we go up next season, it'll be like almost a replay of the the season we went up from the National League. I think they'll make us hard to beat. They'll make us competitive and hard to beat, but perhaps not as adventurous as we've been this year. I think they're. Their whole ethos really is to not to lose, and I think that's what they'll do um, to get us established, and then see how many points we've got at Christmas, and probably go from there. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it will certainly be an interesting time to see what uh, what Danny does at the start of the season. But uh, as well as Jason Shackle, of course, we had the news that Josh Vickers has signed uh, an extension, and uh, the big man as well, Matt Reed. So I'm personally delighted that, that both of those well uh, more so Josh um, that's not a slight against Reedy at all I think um, I, I'm I'm really pleased that uh, that Josh has signed his, his uh, extension um, he's obviously had a bit of a tough season this year do you think it means that will that, that Jilks will go or do you think Jilks will stay as well um, interesting question I'm not sure. I don't think if Jilks does go that we're going to stick with um, Vickers and Grant Smith. I know mm. slight on Grant Smith, but I, you know he didn't do a bad job when he came in. But if he's up against better forwards uh, again, then perhaps not quite what we what we want over a ten game period. He you know, could come in for one or two games. I can see him going out on loan next season, seeing if he develops. So we're going to bring another keeper in. I'd love to see Matt Jilks stay. Um, I actually think he's a better keeper than Josh. And I think Josh is championship standard in the making. I mean, mm. Josh is 23 years old. Let's not forget that. And, you know, keepers come into their own at, what, 30? You know, some of yeah. the best keepers in the business hit their peak at 32, 33. So he's got, you know, 10 years of football ahead of him. If he shakes his injury off, he could be anything he wants to be. Um, but we can't, we can't risk that. And when you look at, when you actually look at what we've had, like last season we had Ryan Allsop. We had Paul Farman. Slocum. So that was this season. Yeah. So we've had Sam Slocum. We've had Josh Vickers, obviously. So we had three keepers last year in Vickers, Farman and, and Allsop. We've had three keepers as number one this year in Smith, Vickers and Jilks. We've had Sam Slocum come in. I mean, that's, that's a phenomenal amount of goalkeepers. And we've done well in spite of it. And I, I mean, I was chatting to Andy Warrington for the programme piece a couple of weeks ago, and he kind of said, it's phenomenal that a team has, has won the league with, with three different number ones in a season. Danny mm. won't want to risk that again, Roy, will he? I don't think so. I think one thing that, that Jilks has been stronger than, than Vickers on is his organisation. I mean, 
you can hear him. You know, even at home when it's when it's loud, you can hear him organising. He's he's non-stop. Not only that, but he's obviously made some brilliant saves. I mean, the one at Milton Keynes will always remember, and that'll probably go down in Lincoln City folklore. That one. I mean, that was just amazing save. And I think he's made all the difference coming in in January. And I think without him, it might not have been as straightforward as it has been. I think he's made that much of a difference. I think Vickers has got the the potential. I think he's an excellent uh, shot stopper. Um, but yeah, the injuries are a concern, and I'm pleased that he signed a, a new contract. I think the potential is there, and, and it's good to see a young professional with with a you know with a lot of potential wanting to stay at the club and develop further. Interesting, Ben. Though that it's one year and no longer, don't you think? Yeah, um, it. I was looking at the uh, the list you put up of players out of contract at uh, the end of this season, the end of next season. It's it's quite a list, isn't it, for for next season? Yeah. Um, there's there's quite a few, so I don't know. Um, I don't really know what to make of that. It's uh, well, hmm. there's nothing there's nothing to worry about in terms of of who's out of contract next season right now because they're contracted for next season. Um, hmm. The worry comes about as I did the article. I don't want to go over old ground, but you get somebody like a Josh Madger at Sunderland who. You think, mm, is he going to be up to the crack or not? And you know, he turns up and scores 10 in 12 or something. And then in January, he can sign a pre-contract and go. But that's something else that we've got to look forward to. We haven't mm. chatted. Then about the big man, you said Josh Vickers was the one you're most delighted about. Um, other than Jason Shackle, I, I've got to say, signing Matt Reed for me, just reminded everybody that this isn't just a football team that's relentlessly developing and, and leaving passengers because let's be honest, Matt Reed's not going to start 46 games. He's not going to play 30 games um, in total, I don't think. But I'll tell you mm. something, the 10 games where he comes on in the last 10 minutes and holds the ball up, um, you know, he could win us 20 points, something like that. He's going to be 35 on May the 31st, I believe. So he's mm. going to be approaching 36. Not bad really, is it, for a fat lad that, Works in JCB. Well, that's what all the away fans think. They look at him and they say, oh, he's just a fat lad, 36 years old. He's got three pieces of silverware under his belt, right? Just yeah. a complete Lincoln City legend, Matt Reed. I went to Chester um, in the early part of the title winning season when we beat them 5 2. And in 30 odd years watching, I don't think I've seen a more complete centre forward performance than that day. He got clapped off when he was substituted towards the end, he got clapped off by the Chester fans. The guy was just unreal. And although his game time has, has dropped as we've risen up the leagues, he just makes a difference to the crowd when he comes on. You know, he, he lifts the crowd. He, he gives it something different. And I think he's an underrated player. I think there's more to his game than just, just being a big lump. And I think he's proved that. And I think he deserves another year. And I think he'll be a good option for us to have in League One. I mean, anybody who saw him boss those Ipswich centre-halves in the cup match, you know, when he's on his game, he's just a brilliant option to have. He's not going to play 90 minutes. I mean, he's, he's getting on. Poor lad. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, and he's great to have He's great to have with the club. Uh, I think he, and he obviously has a massive effect on the squad off the pitch. You know, he's a big character around the club. He's been there since before the Cowleys 
we're here and you know I'm delighted that, it, that he's going to be here for another year um, and I think you know once again he'll probably prove a few people wrong next season so that's just covered everybody who's out of contract apart from Sam and uh, Mickey isn't it then mm. yeah I, I, I just uh, just just quickly going back to Reedy it's, it's obviously I'm, I'm not saying by any stretch that I'm uh, you know I'm against him getting a contract yeah. i think it's it's delight you know i am pleased that he's got a new contract i think it's uh he, he does offer that potential you know option up front that um i think some people uh might not be seeing as um or might not be seeing there you know on next season um but uh i think um in terms of sam uh can can either of you guys see Sam being offered a contract? And I don't know whether it's going to be for sentimental reasons or anything like that. And I know it's it's one of those conversations that you have, and you say, "Well, Danny's not the kind of person to carry a passenger because he's you know got got the sentimental feeling there." But it does seem to me like Sam's now you know back on the grass and he's he's kind of getting where he needs to be. Um, but would he be? of the standard that we would need in League One, or would you see him more as, as cover if he did yeah. get offered a new contract? Yeah, be cover. I think he'll get a, a Danny deal um, mm. in the, if he wants to go and try and get two years somewhere else he can do, um, but I can see Sam staying. And let's be honest, right, we, we've kind of written him off because we've barely seen him all season, but he he, you know, he was he was held his own last year in a team that won... Mm the EFL trophy and finished seventh in League Two. So he's he's not a bad player. He's not Harry Toffolo, but I think he's a more defensive left back than Harry. Um we we don't really have a lot of cover at fullback. We never have under Danny the whole time he's always kind of had two first two fullbacks and then one in reserve almost. I mean who who've who have we got now? James Wilson who's a centre half, James Brown who would not see we had Kellen Gordon covering who would let's face it was a right winger. Danny wants his, his two centre-halves to play 75, 80 games between them. And he's, he's got that this year. I think Neil Erdley's played 39 um, and Harry Toffolo's played 45. So I think for the... I know I'm speculating, but I think for the, the cost of bringing somebody new in, I think Danny will give, will give Sam a deal. I really do. I, I can see it. I can see him getting a six-month deal. I don't think he'll get a year. I think he might get a six-month deal to see how he gets on. Um, see how the injury sort of recovers. I think he's a good player. I think he's probably been sort of written off because we haven't seen him and people forget what a sort of crucial part of the National League title winning side he was. Particularly, I think one thing that we have missed from him is has been his set-piece delivery, his corners. I mm. think no one's really sort of come up to scratch with that. Um, this season, I think we've had quite a few different players on the corners and free kicks. I'm not saying they've all been bad, but I think Sam, that's one of his big strengths. Corners, definitely. Yeah, and I, and I think we've missed that. And it's, you know, obviously, it's more to a full-backs game than that. And I, I think he's I think he's probably come a little bit sort of underrated because Toffolo's had such a good season. And I am always worried that we only, that we seem to lack full-back cover and we seem to get away with it this year. I think it sort of was a problem in the playoffs last season. Um and this season we've sort of got away with it. I think the medical team here are excellent to get the amount of games they've got out of Erdley, Shackle and O'Connor after all having sort of struggles in the previous couple of seasons is a, is a credit to them. 
But you wonder how long it can go on. I mean, there's some injuries you can't do anything about if someone gets clattered. Mm. You know, that's it. Apologies for the noise in the background. My dog <laughs> has decided to start playing with his toys in the kitchen. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be a Stacey West podcast without a guest appearance from Charlie. No, it wouldn't. Would it? I've kept him relatively quiet, but he's uh, <laughs> because there's someone new in the house. He's basically showing off. It's pretty much <laughs> what I do when Fee brings friends home. Um, I kind of charge around with stuff in my mouth. Um, so, last but not least, of course, there's there's uh, Michael O'Connor. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll let you take the lead on that one, Gary. <laughs> well, no, look, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to keep, I'm not going to backtrack over what I said. When I said limited game time, what I meant was we signed Mark O'Hara, Ellis Chapman mm. comes back, that's five central midfielders vying for a place, and that's assuming we don't bring anybody else in. And absolutely not saying that he's not League One quality, because he's proven in the past that he is League One quality, and he's, what, 30 years old? Mm. Um, but... It's just the amount of, of games that these players are going to get. And it's not just him, you know, with respect. It's it's Lee. Uh, it's Lee Frecklington. Mm. How many games he'll get with his with his fitness. It's Tom Pett. You know, will Tom Pett be able to get up to the speed? Um, if we sign Mark O'Hara, you know, th- these, these are questions that are being asked about a lot of players. And the reason I highlighted Mickey over everybody else is that he's the one that's still out of contract. Um, that, mm. That's purely and simply why. Um, I said on this pod, I, I believe I did, and Ben, please do correct me, but I think he was my dark horse for Player of the Year. Yep, you did yeah. indeed. When we did our uh, we did our thing. Is that is that distracting, Charlie, in the background? I'm okay with it. Cool, as long as the listeners are. Um, so, yeah, that's where <laughs> I fall on, uh, on Mickey, Roy. I think he deserves another deal. I think he's had a good season. Um, I think your point was a good point. It's about the balance of the squad and perhaps a little bit also about the age of the squad. And those are decisions that that Danny and Nicky are going to have to make, I think. And, you know, if, if they're going to run a small squad again, which they've already sort of said in, in, in their interviews that that's, that's what they're looking to do, then you wonder if there is room for five central midfielders. And, you know, the fact of the matter is Shaq's um, Vickers and Reed all signed a contract last week and O'Connor hasn't and neither has Jilks so it was a fair assumption to make I don't think anybody believes that um, O'Connor is not league one class I mean he's he's a, he's a class player and I think mm. you know the point he was trying to make certainly how I read it was you know these are questions that are going to be have to be sort of dealt with as we move forward and mm. I think he deserves a deal. Whether he's going to whether he's going to get one or whether that's going to be the balance of the squad, we'll just have to wait and see. I think. But yeah, I've been impressed with him this year, and I think you know he proved a lot of people uh, wrong. I think a lot of people thought he was finished when he when he sort of left Notts County, and you know, good luck to him. And a nice bloke as well, you know. Mm. And obviously, when you know the, his reaction to me shows that you know he actually cares, mm. and mm. it shows that. You know, he cares about his performances and, and what people think about him and he, and he wants to do a good job for the for the, for the the club. And having watched dozens and dozens and dozens of players who didn't give a, a monkey's pulling on the red and white shirt, you know, fair play to him. You know, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing that, it, that he's showing that desire at that age to want to carry on proving people wrong. Oh, and Roy pulling out of a swear word situation there, Ben, as well. <laughs> I need to take some tips. Um, 
Couldn't give it sauce. <laughs> We've all seen. And I was looking through my putting some programs away today, and I got one from the 2009-10 season. And kind of looking down at it, thinking, "Oh my lord!" Looking at some of the names that were on there, it makes me shiver. I don't know how we weren't relegated sooner. <laughs> are you going to wait um, in on O'Connor then, Ben? Or are you going to um, sit on the fence just in case? No, I'd like to see him get a new deal. I really would. Um, it, it does obviously raise the point of you know where would you or would you play him or who would you play in the uh, in the midfield next season. But I I think having I, I think that there's almost a need when you go up to League One or when you you know when you whenever you get promoted to kind of maybe have a slightly uh, broader depth in in your squad than than we've had this season. And I know it's been it was something that we spoke about at the start of the season where we said you know we, it's it's another season where we might have maybe not you know one of the biggest squads in the league but it's certainly one of the strongest squads um i think if we can build on the squad that we have then there will be the option and the opportunity to do a little bit more rotation and and maybe have a, a bigger pool of quality players to 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 crib from if you like um i it just well obviously it just depends on whether players are going to be uh, a, not necessarily okay with it because at the end of the day, if, they, if they're under contract, it's down to what the manager says. But if it's uh, if if they're happy with you know taking a contract and, and sitting as part of a squad that's being rotated fairly frequently, or you know if if it does well, maybe not as much. But uh, yeah, some interesting decisions. Although it is one of those questions where Danny's obviously said repeatedly we'd like to announce. I think it was it was almost a slip of the tongue where he said we like to announce all of them together. Um, recently, when he was talking about you know contract extensions and how he doesn't like to do one one or two piecemeal, and he sort of gets a few together and then do a day of announcements kind of thing. And it was when he said, "Oh, we like to do them all together." I just thought, "Oh, does that mean that those that are out of contract at the minute aren't going to get a deal, or or what?" But remember that Mickey had a there was a there was an option in his deal for a second year when he signed. It was a year with a year's option. Now, whose is the option? Is it the clubs? Mm. Is it the players? If it's the clubs, then the, are the club deciding whether to action it or not? I mean, at the end of the day, there's a lot of questions, and it's hard when um, when you're writing and you know that these people are reading it. Just for just to clarify, I hope he does get a new deal because I think mm. he's a type of midfielder that we don't have. He's industrious. He sits in front of the back four. He does the Alex Woodyard role um, in, a, in a different way with more experience. He can put a tackle in. He can move further forward. Um, I think you know we saw. We've seen some stunning performances from him this season. I thought he was excellent uh, against Tranmere. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to find out now he didn't play, <laughs> but I'm sure it was the Tranmere game. Um, you know, and I, I've praised him all season. I just it, it's often these comments and these kind of issues are not about individual ability; they're about situations, and that's that's where we are. I think somebody said to me that um, in an interview, Danny had said that he might even have to work on a squad of twenty. Now, if he has to work on a, if he has to work on a squad of twenty, five central midfielders means that the central midfield area is going to take up twenty five percent of the squad. Now you assume mm-hmm. that we're going to have uh, four centre halves, one way or another, um, along with the fullbacks. You're talking thirty thirty five percent of the squad there. So all of a sudden, you haven't got an awful lot more. You know, two keepers in the mix. You still got to have mm-hmm. the wingers and the attacking players. Something's got to give somewhere, and I hope it's not Mickey. I genuinely do, but I believe if he signs a new deal it does bring into question whether we go for Marco Hara. So, but anyway, that's, you know, that's the contracts. We we started by praising players and we've gone on dodgy ground again, haven't <laughs> we? But at least there's two of you going down, <laughs> wouldn't they? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, let's be fair. Like it, it was it was a misinterpretation of what you said by a few people. And if you're one of the people that sent, you know, a, a shitty DM, just piss off. Like it's it's not needed. <laughs> And I know that some people think I'd, I'd say that and there aren't any. I have actually shown Roy one of the DMs today. So they do exist. It's just I'm not into this naming and shaming and making, you know, I don't, it's not what I'm about. So I just responded with a thumbs up and a, a block. But, um, you know, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> sweary Gary, sweary Gary. Here we go. Oh, yeah. I started um... at school on Friday, so you might have to edit that out. <laughs> um so anyway uh yes we'll move on from the contract news to preview colchester and i mean uh, is it is it worth saying that this is kind of the ultimate nothing match in terms of it's it's all about what happens around it obviously we've got uh the uh, if everyone can get to the ground for 10 to 3 be in the stadium for 10 to 3 because they're doing a uh um, something in remembrance for uh, for the Bradford uh, fifty six. I think that will be that will be special. Um, and then obviously after the game, we're going to have the, uh, the the presentation of the Player of the Year trophy and and the, the sort of little mini ceremony there. And obviously, we will get to lift the trophy, which is just going to be that that's going to be a moment that will get a lump in the throat for a lot of people. Um, but that that sort of ninety minutes in between that. Is it something that we're we're really excited for, or um, or not? Yeah, if I'm honest, yeah, because you want to end the season on a high. We're football supporters. We we go along to watch the football. Now, if we lose the game, everyone kind of goes, mm, uh, um, but in '76, you know, my dad will still tell you, "Well, the day we won the trophy, we beat Doncaster five 0 at the bank." You want that? Um, it's still yeah. a game of football. It's still you know, we've got to try and get excited about it because otherwise, there'd just be this apathy. Um, but then I suppose when you celebrate in a title win, there's going to be the carnival atmosphere. Um, there's the remembrance, sombre moment beforehand, absolutely fitting, should do it every single year, and we do, and that's quite right. Um, player of the year uh, afterwards, which is interesting. I think that's because it's been done before in the past, doesn't it? I remember mm. it being presented on the field before the Aldershot game. I think Paul Green won it and <laughs> went down afterwards. He wouldn't want it presented afterwards. Um and then obviously it's a full weekend of celebrations with the bus journey, with the uh, the awards ceremony up at, at, at the showground. But you want to kick it all off. Danny, remember his weekend gets ruined if we don't win a game of football. So it's going to be pretty crappy for him if it's just, you know, the, him and Nicky have just achieved a, a lifetime's ambition to win a football league trophy. They're in League One. They're likely to come up against Sunderland. They were utterly shocking last night <laughs> and hopefully remain so in the playoffs. You know, if he's going to let a 1-0 defeat by Colchester ruin it, um, it's going to be a shame. But Colchester are an incredibly talented side who I thought would be much, much closer to the playoffs than they are. Got some good players, Mandron, Smodic, the big lad up front, Noble, I think, was at um, Newport last year. Um, I mean, Sammy Smodic. Smodic? Smodic. Yeah, yeah. Smodic, SZ, something else. A phenomenal footballer able to play in the championship all day long. Really good player. In my opinion, probably um, worth around £750,000. Will hurt you all day if he gets on the ball. Um, so it's not going to be a walkover, is it, Roger? No, I went to the I went to the, the away game and they looked a, a solid side. You know, they look really good at the back. They've got a, a young lad at the back there called Kent, Frankie Kent, who's 
a really, really good player. Uh, 23, I think he's probably destined to go on to bigger things as well. Um, I mean, they were doing really well. I think they, Harry Pell, is it, in midfield? Yeah, yeah. I think he was yeah. crucial to them. Mm. He got injured in February and they've really struggled since then, but they've sort of picked up in the last two or three games. They've been Milton Keynes last time out. And um, I think it'll be good for them to see us lift the trophy after they celebrated in front of us so uh, <laughs> so jubilantly after they beat us down at their place. Um, which, yeah, so it is, just just as a quick one, is that what the all the comments are about? Because I know there's been a, there's been quite a few comments on uh, uh, from from I think it was Josh Vickers said after the game, you know, we're we're up for we're really up for this one after what happened at their place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that what happened? Because I, I I think I missed that entire saga. What um, happened was we had a free kick um, facing uh, the Lincoln supporters and it was the last kick of the game and O'Connor uh, hit a decent free kick actually and the goalkeeper saved it and then the ref blew the final whistle. So all the Colchester players obviously had been defending the free kick in front of us and they all turned round and celebrated at the final whistle in front of us like they sort of won the Champions League final, um, not just right, beating okay. Lincoln 1-0. And I think it upset a few... Lincoln fans and, you know, it's one of those, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those, I mean, it'll, you know, you give them a load of abuse at the time when they're doing it, but it's just one of those, isn't it? And it will be good to see that, see, um, for them to see us lift the trophy and hopefully give us a guard of honour um, and then um, get beat by us 3 now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be really nice, actually, yeah. It'd be nice to turn on the style. It'd be nice to play with no shackles. Um, obviously, it'd be nice to see shackle actually play um, rather than <laughs> sitting the last two out. I'd like to see Ellis play. I think he's eligible, isn't he? He's come back from his loan from Chesterfield because their season's over. And um, as I understand it, he he's eligible. Um, I, no, it's just it's going to be a great atmosphere. It's going to be a day we're going to remember for the rest of our lives. No doubt whatsoever about that. You want to remember it with a win as well. It, it, it's kind of like, you know, you get a bag full of money and it's great having a bag full of money, but it'd be nice if the bag was a Gucci bag and not a Tesco's carrier bag. And I think, I think that's, you know, we want the Gucci bag. We don't just want a Tesco's carrier bag full of titles and um, everything, do we? So... I mean, to be fair, if it's a bag of money, I don't care if it's a Clark shoes bag, mate. I'll be happy with that. Well, yeah, but so what you're saying is that you're happy with the title and it doesn't matter whether we win or lose. That's fine. There's no right or wrong in this instance. There'll be a lot of people that feel the same way. Um, but I I don't like to see Lincoln City lose. I'll be honest, I wrote about, you know, not really minding too much about Newport. It didn't ruin my day. But when I was listening to it in the final whistle, when my first thought was bugger. You know what I mean? We've lost. And then my missus kind of goes, doesn't really matter, does it? Because you're t- champions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we are. I still don't like losing <laughs> football games, though. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's like a punch in yeah, the I, Yeah, I get what you mean. I, I, I Personally, I think it's going to be... Uh... The, the result is secondary to, to the day, in my opinion. It's going to be... Uh... You're right in that respect, then. It is secondary to the day because the day is historic and it's going to happen anyway and Colchester can't do anything to affect that. Um, so you are right. It's just, you know, wouldn't it make the day so much better if we do give them a good thumping, irrespective of what happened at their place? <laughs> hmm. It would also start yeah. getting in the playoffs. I mean, they have got an outside chance of getting in the playoffs, I think, if... Um... 
if Newport lose and I think there's a lot of people left yeah Exeter lose yeah. I think they can, they can sneak it's one in. of those yeah it's one of those real outside chances yeah, of oh well we could do it if everybody else loses kind of thing yeah yeah no actually you're right it's not just an outside chance um so Newport are in the final playoff place on 70 and then Exeter have got 69 then it's Colchester on 67 with a they've got a better goal uh, with difference. a goal difference yeah, a substantially 59. better goal difference haven't they well, if they were to win and Exeter and Newport were to lose, they would go up because Carlisle and Stevenage have also got an outside chance. So anyone down to 11th could, in theory, go up because Newport mm. have got 70 points, but they've only got uh, a zero goal difference. So yeah. any of the teams in 9th, 10th or 11th with 9, 5 and 2, which is Carlisle, Colchester and Stevenage, could go up in the right set of results. And Exeter away mm. at Forest Green. So <clears> they've yeah. got a tough game. So. And Newport are at Morecambe. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd like, I'd like. I mean, I know what people are saying. It's a celebration and everything else. But I agree with Gary. It's a game of football. You yeah. want to win it. It's got that sort of feeling that maybe the players have got. It doesn't matter that much as, as it would if we needed to win it to win the league. But, you know, we still want to win it and, and go into League One with a bit of momentum. Because I think we've sort of, our form over the last sort of three or four games since we've sort of clinched promotion has has not been brilliant. Yeah, it's not been brilliant. I mean, it's sort of been a bit of a. It's sort of we've sort of clinched it. But I, I thought we clinched it at Milton Keynes. I think when that Andrade goal went in, I think everybody knew it was just a matter of crossing the eyes and, and, and dotting the eyes, dotting the eyes and crossing the T's. Uh, certainly for promotion and, and maybe for the championship. So, um, mm. yeah, I'd really like to beat them. And um, and it set the day off great if it was a good good victory. And for me, Ben, the day's going to be even more special because I've located a home copy of the Manchester City Coca-Cola Cup programme, haven't I? You have indeed, yes. And yeah, that's uh, one that's been sat in a box in my uh, in my little programme collection for sub- uh, quite some time now. So legend, yeah, yeah. It was it was when I texted. To be fair, it was that was when I found the uh, the photo of me in the Rochdale programme as well, and I sort of. Just went right. You'll get you'll you'll get the second one on the condition that you don't laugh at the first one. And he didn't just laugh. said, "I'm not laughing." Honest. I did. I didn't laugh so. either. It's uh, <laughs> I was actually jealous because I never got to be a mascot, Dad. <laughs> but uh, anyway, right. That's uh, that's pretty much it for 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 the imps discussion. Um, what? Just stepping away from it very slightly. Who would you like to see? And this this is a. This is kind of the reverse Sophie's choice. Who would you want to see win out of the Stags and MK at the weekend? MK. No, yeah. no brainer, MK for me. Yeah, Roy? Um, I think I'm right in saying that if they draw, can't someone overtake them? <laughs> uh, there we go. Uh, Let's have a look. Uh, it- I th- uh, have I read that right? If they uh, no, they can't. They can't now. No, no they, uh, they could have done. Still go up. Go yeah. up there, is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If Tranmere would have beaten if, yeah, Ferry, if they would have been then, chance. Oh, yeah, they'd still been in with a chance. Oh, that's a tough one. I don't know if I can comment really. I mean, <laughs> the bases he was pulling oh, when you asked the question. Hobson's choice, isn't it? It's just, <laughs> you know. Then yeah, but I mean, I, I absolutely think it's it's MK. I just. Yeah. 
I, I just want to see Carolyn Radford have another social media meltdown because she did at the end of last season and it was fucking hilarious. Was that when she was on a sunbed in Morocco giving it large about our passion? I'm, I'm not going there. I don't want to sound I don't want to sound big. I don't. I, I no, don't, I don't want to know about Carolyn Radford and giving it large. That just yeah, you drums up too many connotations. Um, John Radford giving hot it dog, hot dog down a well, mate. Anyway, um, I would like right. to me a go up in the playoffs. So, um, whatever. Yes, yeah, I think that'd be a good one. Newport for me, playoffs. Love to see that underdog going up, beatable next season. Superb. Not Fair Forest enough. Green. Anybody but Forest Green. I'd rather see Griffith <laughs> develop than Forest Green. Yeah, but Prenton Park's much yeah. better to go to. Nice Rodney crowd, Parade. Yeah. Rodney yeah. Parade. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Although we had a nice So, um, we've got a couple of things. Uh, well, the one big thing to plug um, this week. Uh, a lad called Jamie got in touch with the, with the podcast and he said, uh, is it possible that we could plug his ultramarathon. So he's running a 100-mile ultramarathon this Saturday for charity. Um, I believe we've got a link which we'll put in the in the podcast description um, and on the, the, the blog post, I think, when it goes up, um, with a link to that, if we can get that sorted out. Um, but yeah, running 100 miles. I, I struggle to drive 100 miles. I can't think it's- 100 miles. Um, Jamie Shaw, isn't it? I think he's a manager of Sleaford Town in the Lynx League. Yes. Um, big Lynx yeah, yeah. City fan as well. So, yeah, phenomenal. And 100 miles. Wow. Yeah, it beats, nearly beats yeah. the famous, that, doesn't it? What did they do? <laughs> 300, but they walked it. So, and there was two of them as well. So they probably did it in stages. Yeah. So, um, yeah, congratulations to... to um, well, I suppose congratulations when he's done it. Yeah, wait till he's done man, it. Man, congratulate Nathan DeCastro instead for picking up his world title. <laughs> um, he's he's yeah, legend. Anyway, sorry, go on. Um, yeah, so yeah, all all the best for that, Jamie. We're, we're wishing you wishing you well. On uh, just, I can't imagine doing anything for a hundred miles. It's crazy. Sitting, um, sitting for a hundred miles. I did it all the way to Crawley. I must have been nearly two hundred. <laughs> I should have got that sponsored. <laughs> Drinking hundred miles. <laughs> What else do we have to put? Yeah. Um, I, I just I just want to say thank you to everybody for the uh, the kind words about last week's podcast. Um, I've had a few comments back um, saying that they enjoyed it, and and uh, yeah, it was it was good to go. Um, we've not really spoken too much since then, um, but it was uh, I, I really enjoyed the evening that we had down there. It was uh, it was really nice to to go down, and thank you to everyone at the club that made that possible. Um, and thank you for Liam for for sparing his time to, to have a chat with us. I think it was uh, it was an enlightening conversation. And if, if you listen closely, there were actually a couple of little exclusives in there that that did eventually come out later on in the week. But, uh, Family excellent yeah, season was... tickets. Here's another exclusive: the hairdryer is Josh Vickers's. Is it Josh Vickers? Wow. Josh Vickers. Yeah, that's uh, that's Josh what Vickers. But he said apparently Tom Pet likes a hairdryer as well. Fair enough. Josh Vickers has a bright pink hairdryer. There we go. Um, but yes, uh, is there anything else that you want to plug, Gary, before... But I think Roy uh, actually writes for a website that I've occasionally shared posts for as well, which is the realefl.co.uk. Um, okay. Really good website uh, covering the Football League, um, news, Twitter reactions, that sort of stuff. So we'll certainly give that a plug, Roy. Yeah, yeah. Um, really, I felt it write about leagues one and two exclusively. So um, just the, the proper football 
um, bottom two tiers of the, uh, the, real, of the football league. The real <laughs> so um, yeah, it's got some good stuff on there. It's, it's worth having a look if uh, anyone wants to check that out. It'd be great. Um, and obviously, I'm flogging the fanzine again this weekend. Uh, didn't sell many last mm-hmm. weekend because of the um, excitement, and because somebody brought me a copy of uh, of Cock of the North, a 1932 publication, which was the only one I didn't have in my collection. Um, which was incredibly exciting and then gave me it for free and doesn't want any recognition. Uh, and that kind of threw me a little bit. So, um, yeah, come and buy the fanzine. There's only one box left. Once they're gone, they're gone. It's got Matt Reed on the front and, uh, you know, it's celebratory title, all that sort of stuff. I'm sure we can get Reedy to sign a couple. Or if not, I'll just write his name on them and claim it's his signature. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Um, it's a good read as well, actually. I gave it a good... Uh... It's a must read, Ben. It is a must read, yes. Um, Are we going to no, uh, My yeah. dog's been sat at the back door for the last five minutes. I think it wants a poo. <laughs> well, at least he's not going to fart on your lap this time. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so thank you ever so much for listening, guys. Thank you for joining us, Roy. It's been a pleasure. No, uh, we'll have to have you on again. Thank sometime. you. It's been great. And uh, oh, uh, yeah, quickly as well, there's a Stoke, there's a friendly against Stoke in July which I think Reedy will be uh, very, very excited for. Um, and then there's the, uh, we'll, well, we'll probably see you on Saturday. If not, then uh, we might see you at the parade on Sunday. Where are you going, Gary? the showground on Sunday night because I was obviously not going. And then some very, very kind individual fan of the blog uh, messaged me and said, would you like to join us on our table as a guest? So thank you, Rob. Very nice. For that. Top man, top man. Excellent One stuff. made me jump go. in Lux in Louth because I went in Lux in Louth with the missus and Rob was getting uh, some, some clothes in there. I didn't know him from Adam. And he went, you're Gary Hutchinson, aren't you? And I coloured up and went red and didn't know what to say because he recognised me. <laughs> and it was the day we played Southport, last game of the National League season. So there we go. Yeah. Fun facts and Fair things. enough. <laughs> Excellent. Right, well... Uh, I'm going to disappear because um, I have got some tea ready for me and I'm going to see the Avengers tonight. So no spoilers and we'll see you guys later. See you later. Cheers. Bye. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.